Hey guys, welcome to the WellSaid Podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm a pastoral intern at Living Word Bible Church, where I'm responsible for youth and young adult ministries. I'm also a part-time student at the Southern Seminary. Every week, I'll be sitting down with my good friend Alexi, and we are going to be talking about both the beauty and the complexity of following Jesus in a post-Christian culture. On this week's episode, we're tackling the question of true community. When we live in a secular world like ours, when Christian truth is so far away, one of the massive results is loneliness. One of the massive callings of the church in this world is true community. What is it? How do we build it? And what are the barriers we face today? That's all coming up today. Welcome back, guys. It's another sunny day in paradise, Bellingham, Washington, up in the PNW corner of the, like, pretty much the most PNW corner of the United States of America, not counting Alaska, of course. Or Blaine. Yeah, yeah. So, Alexi, what is new? What is new? What is new? We have a new question for you guys. The new question is what is new, not what yeah. is good. We're now looking forward. We're now looking at you know, the horizon, the sunny horizon coming over our lives. Yep. The dream. What is so, the horizon? I went your life? to visit my family, my family, my wife's family to Spokane, discovered a scooter, an adult scooter Oh, geez. in their garage. <laughs> so I took it, I brought it home, went online, found another one. And oh, now yeah. that we're expecting, I expect this to become our low impact sport oh, for me my and my gosh. wife. <laughs> Something that can be done together building a relationship you know and you're so it, it's gonna be fun is it one of those scooters that has inflatable wheels no or, no, no. no 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 okay so like like the little little ones that we rode in middle school like the ones that you try to do jumps on and yes stuff? but an adult version what, what's an adult version it's look just like? the wheel this wheel is probably twice as big about seven inches <laughs> wow. in diameter but they're fun <laughs> they're a lot of fun i promise you heard it folks a low impact pregnancy friendly sport that is uh coming soon to a city near you. Yes. Adult scootering. And exoscooter.com, 40% off on scooters <laughs> right now, as we speak right now. Dude, you are so, <laughs> that's all, that's hilarious. Okay. That, and he's for real, yeah. you guys. That, now that, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to keep an eye out for the Chaikas at the bay now. Yep. What's with new scooters. with you? Yeah. What is new with me? Shoot, man. Um, I'm homeless, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> In a good way? Yeah, in a good way. I sold my house, and now we are working through transitioning into another one. So that's been a fun juggle dance these last few weeks of cleaning, painting, working, remodeling, and doing church stuff and preparing for podcasts. So the summer's going to be fun. Hopefully settle down, enjoy the sunshine a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. Today, um, we want to talk about community true community as i am preparing um for just collecting some thoughts and ideas about a topic that we are doing in the next couple of weeks um which is depression and anxiety and we're actually going to be bringing in a third speaker onto that episode or those couple of episodes it's gonna be fun um one of the questions that really struck me is this question of community the importance of it the nature of it um 
and how it is so central to the Christian life here today, especially in this secular context, in this context of culture that is increasingly unfamiliar with Christian truth and Christian perspective. So when we're thinking about the idea of community, and community is in many ways a buzzword today, I think, among Christians, Christians who are trying to be cool and hip and more interesting. What comes to your mind when you hear that phrase, true community? People that don't just come together, because community can't be of one person. It has to be two or more. Mm-hmm. So when people that don't just come together to talk, but that there is a relationship of not of just trust, but a relationship that goes back and forth. It could be monetary as well, where people help each other. Mm-hmm. And it could be a relationship where time is exchanged, where people gift their time to one another, whether in fellowship or listening to each other. Mm-hmm. So there is a there has to be relationship and exchange of something. Right. Something that binds people. And, yeah. and right. So that idea of this idea of community, of groups of people bound by th- by by principles or ideas or experiences or characteristics oh. or values, right? Mm-hmm. The idea of community uh, can be found in all aspects of life, uh, career, culture, right? So you see sub pockets of community everywhere you go. People are bound together yes. by ideas. And I think that's a really important concept to just right off the bat highlight that as human beings, we are by nature social creatures. We are created to be social creatures. We cannot live in pure isolation. There has to be some sort of connectedness to other human beings. Um, Today, we see the evolution of community in media, in social media, and people being connected through technology rather than in person. But that's still a powerful sense of community for people. Yeah. For many people, they can be in their room. They can you know, live in a dark room and feel like they're connected to a whole kingdom of, you know, of, of people because of, of technology. So technology is a powerful tool for a certain kind of community, yeah. but it also has its downsides, I yeah. think, too. It adds to it. It definitely benefits. It enhances the feel of community, but I wouldn't go as far as replaces the com- physical community that we have right? because we do live in a physical world. And for many people, it kind of does, right? Yeah. Well, I think that when you think of today and you think of um, the culture as it is evolving and sliding further away from a, a Christian set of values uh, and outlook on life and a, into a secular one. And when I say that, I already, I mean, we have, we're, we're, we're far down. We're so far down the hill that we're, in the hole on the other side of the hill. I mean, our culture today is deeply secular, um, becoming more and more with every seems like month or week, further and further from an idea of an absolute truth, a God and a system of values that everybody lives by. Um, One of the marks of a secular culture is loneliness. Because uh, people, I think the most the deeper the thing that binds us, the deeper the sense of community, right? So yes, you think about your, your most rich and powerful relationships in your life. Those are relationships that reach down and connect you to another person at a very 
core level of who you are. You feel like your deepest parts of your identity are bound, you know, like a husband and wife relationship. Mm-hmm. The very foundational things in life you share, and that is deeper than any other relationship you can have, right? So people are brought together by a common truth, but in a world where truth is whatever you prefer, where we all get to pick our versions of truth, then everyone, as we cultivate our own little truths and our own little perspectives, we are all like on little islands, you know? We are all separated, (laughs) sitting with our own little perfect sandbox, our our beach chair and our sunglasses, you know, the perfect world where I get to determine my own truth. But the only only problem is where the, the world where you get to determine your own truth is the world where you alone live. Absolutely. And the thing is, I love how you said the little islands where we sit on the beach. And when someone comes along on a boat and tries to get on our island, unless they conform to our truths that we hold to, we will not th- let them on. Mm-hmm. We'll be like, hey, just keep going. Right. Keep going on your little boat looking for someone who will let you on. Right. And the funny thing is, you know, like the great stories, you know, of of tragedy, um, starting with, you know, like Robinson Crusoe and stuff is you have a man who is literally in paradise in a sense, right? On a tropical beach where there is fruit and animals and sand and warm weather and warm water, right? Fish, like everything's there, but there's no people. And, and, yeah. and that is hell itself. But, but that's what we want. We want paradise, but we want our own paradise. But we all, if we all want our own personal paradise, we are all alone, and I think when you look at today and you look at the the massive epidemic of mental illness that we see today, and we'll talk more about mental illness in a few weeks, but the massive, massive prevalence of suicide, we have had you know two major suicides in the news these past couple of weeks, um, depression, at the core, one of the core components of that is a civilization of people who are inescapably lonely because down to their bones if you believe that truth is whatever you make it then you it's not even something that you choose there is nothing that binds us if there's nothing that binds us there's nothing that binds us yep. you know what i'm saying <laughs> even if we want community we can't make it we you can't you can't create eternal truths that will bind us those things bind us those things are by definitions things that we don't make up but if you live in a world if you believe in a world where there are no binding truths you also are stranded helplessly you know yeah and it's interesting that it happens by by our own volition in that case because we're the ones that take it upon ourselves to define and then we struggle because of the outcomes of the actions that we take. Mm-hmm. It's actually an interesting thing I came across recently is that there are helplines for those that are lonely. You call and you just talk to a friend. Hmm. But it's like a band-aid Wait, like a on a problem. Like a fake friend? Yeah, like a fake oh, friend. that's free, so sad. Free call-in place. You, you call and you talk to someone. Mm-hmm. But it, they're like they're bandages. Mm-hmm. They're band-aids on huge, huge wounds of our society. Right. No, it's, and it's, that's actually kind of an insult. I mean, really? you call you have to call a line to talk to a fake friend i mean that's sad. that that's hilarious it's it's yeah. comical in a sense yeah and the funny thing is 
you know, the classic John Lennon song, imagine there's no heaven, um, no religion, you know, and he says, nothing to kill or die for, no hell below us. And then he says, imagine all the people living for today, a brotherhood of man. funny thing is the song you haven't heard the song no dude you probably have you just don't remember maybe imagine all the people oh yes i've heard the song i like the song for today i like the melody dude okay yeah but if you listen carefully this he, he is he is singing the song of our generation and not realizing that he he thinks he's singing about eden but he's singing about hell itself um because if you imagine that there is no heaven, no hell, there's nothing to kill or die for, there is nothing, we just live for today, then this idea, the thing that makes the song so appealing, I think, is that phrase, the, just a, the brotherhood of man living as one. The problem is there is no such thing as a brotherhood of man if there is no such thing as faith and eternity and something to live and die for. Yeah. If you're if there's nothing to live for, there's no such thing as the brotherhood of man. There's no such thing as the thing that binds us. So that is that is the predicament. That is the that is the pickle in which we find ourselves today. Um, and one of the essential callings of the church, diving straight into the the core reality of gospel Christianity. One of the essential callings of the church is to be the true community in the world. In a way, if you think about it, the only place that you can have true community between people is when you have true community between God himself. The destruction of community between people is only a result of the destruction of community between man and God. And as God and man are reconciled into one, into love, into relationship and fellowship, that man is also reconciled with all others who are reconciled with God. That core foundation of community is found in the community of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who live in eternal community, who share that community with us. So as the church, we are called in this secular, lonely, drifting world to be true to to be the true community to be the example the presence the realization of true community so what you're saying is that without a relationship with god where my relationship with him is reconciled i will not be able to become the real part of a real community right but there is tons of people around us what about crossfit right yeah you know (laughs) there's there's a there are communities and they go to their block parties, and then they have their book clubs, they have their friends, mm-hmm. they go to soccer practi- practices for their kids, and then they just die. Right. They are part of a community, but what's missing? Right. Well, I think at the end of the day, you always look at the basis, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're always looking at why, why, what, what brings people yeah. together. If it's your soccer game or your bridge tournament or your Xbox game or your neighborhood association or your parent-teacher association. I mean, whatever it is that's bonding you to your community, 
the the depth of satisfaction that you're going to experience is going to be mm-hmm. proportionate to the depth of connection. So are we connected at the very foundation of our souls? And if we are still separated from God, we are inevitably separated from others because sin is is sin is the very beginning of separation. So every connection that is with other people, every every kind of community that we cultivate, and we do cultivate communities and layers and layers of communities, um, it is it's a band aid. It it does not go deep enough. Mm-hmm. It does yeah. not penetrate to the core of our foundational heart desire to be known and to know and to belong and to be part. So Jesus said, interestingly, you know, that by this all men will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have between one another. It's interesting. There's a there's many ways that he could have said that we are going to be known that we are disciples of Jesus by our confession, by our evangelism, by our good deeds. No, he said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have among each other. So there is something special and there's something unique that is a reality in the church. When, when, when men are reconciled with God, they are reconciled with one another and that creates the opportunity for something truly beautiful. Now, the simple reality is that's our calling as a church, but we are sinners. We're in the flesh. We struggle. And many churches are very much not the example of true community, right? Yeah. So I think that as we shed light on this question and maybe challenge you guys to think this week, the the first big thing to consider is just that true community in a sinful world, even though we are redeemed, we are still battling with temptation and selfishness every day. True community is very hard work. True community is very hard work. We all want to be part of a community. We all do not want to be part of building a community. You know? Yep. We all complain about how our churches are not like they should be. They are not accepting and loving and serving and embracing as they should be. But we don't want to be the ones who start to be those kind of people. The ones who give away their life and their time without asking anything in return. Yeah, because the church's church community is not built on whether I like the person or dislike them for any reason that I feel important. I feel is important, just like any other relationship, kind of outside of the church. I'm not going to hang out with someone I have nothing in common with, and I don't like the person. Right. But church is not church. Church community. That's not what it's based on. Right. Right, but see, in order to really experience this for yourself, in order for you to experience that this is real for you, that you are truly living in community with other saints, with other Christians, um, you have to seek it out. You have to say, okay, if Christ is real and if his people are real, I must seek true community within the fellowship of the saints. I must seek, I must work, I must go there and, 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 and work at it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I must be aware we cannot entertain ourselves with 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 romantic notions of our spirituality. We are soaked with this individualistic culture. Like, you know, like catch yourself coming home from work and you see your neighbor. I don't know. Many of us, I, I, I can confess, lots of times the temptation is and I'm a, and I'm a really social person, you know, by nature. Like I, I, I really like my neighbors and I have relationships with them. But lots of times my instinct is just just get into that parking lot, park, say, wave real quick and just run in the house because I'm tired. I want to just chill. 
like individualism and personal comfort are have soaked into our bones today like you live in this culture you breathe this air you watch these movies and you listen to this music you go to these grocery stores to these malls it is in your bones as a christian and for christians why do we as christians so often struggle with community it's because we don't understand how deeply individualistic we are and we don't understand that in order for me to experience true community in the realm of the saints i must fight against the individualism i must combat Hmm. individualism i must be aware i must look at my life i must look at my heart i must look at my church and i must work at it yeah and i absolutely agree with you and it's we have to we have to understand where we come from we have to understand it's kind of like when you come to christ you understand that you're a sinner Mm -hmm. you you don't just move on to become a christian you have to understand that you're a sinner and then you can go to the next step and just like here we have to be aware of them because when we're aware of them we can do something about it we can pray about it we can see what triggers them Mm -hmm. and then somehow start figuring out to live with it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. confess confess the sin of individualism regularly yeah pray about it to god and ask for his forgiveness you know like um and combat it and build build a lifestyle of that that's um developing and building community it's kind of like i feel like really common prevailing hungers of i feel like my generation our generation in the church is that we want to experience real church we want to experience real spiritual communion we want to experience real spiritual belonging we are so tired of this uh shallow fake church life right but the problem is that we're often so we're criticizing the world outside of us. We're, we're criticizing our church culture that is outside of us. We don't realize that the reason it is that way, it is because people like us who are criticizing everything outside of us instead of looking in the mirror and confessing that these sins are inside of us, that we, each of us, are, are, are contributing to a shallow, separated, individualistic church culture. And I think it definitely we have to look at ourselves. It starts with us, not someone else or somewhere else or a different group of people. It starts really with us. And it kind of just an interesting example, you know, uh, mean we have great relationship. But when she does something great for me, when I don't deserve it, it lights the fire in me. Mm-hmm. And I go and I start moving the mountains for her because yeah. she did one silly little thing when I didn't deserve it. And the church communities, they always work like that. It has to start with someone. Mm -hmm. You have to start doing it yourself, not waiting for someone to step up or put away their individualistic tendencies. Yeah. And I think just to understand as the church, we are called, this is one of the core missions. Like as the church, as Christians, as believers, we are living in a world of lonely people. People all around you at work, in your neighborhood, People are looking for a place to belong. Know it and understand that God has created the church as the oasis. God has created the church as the place on earth where true community can happen. And that is hard work. So, Andre, it seems that the history of the church points to the fact that community is a result of hardship and extreme need. 
if we look at the history of people struggled and that brought them together mm-hmm. as a financial needs, just needs of helping someone, building a house, fixing something, taking care of the kids, all kinds of needs play into it. And it creates a community automatically right. because bound by exactly right. yes and, and not just an idea of a conversation but a physical need physical mm-hmm. need but today we don't face that in our current culture speaking of here in america uh what should drive us to the community i think that we have to ask ourselves what is christianity for us and what is the mission of the church you know what i'm saying oftentimes um, we go to church all our lives and we, we never stop and ask ourselves, what binds me to the church? You know, why am I here? Am I here because it's a social, uh, it's a social tradition for me because I was raised and I just do it. What level of my soul is bound to these people? Or is it my core love for God and my common love for God with them? Is my relationship to the church tied through my sense of God's mission in my life. You know what I'm saying? So you have to reevaluate, first of all, I think, why go to church? Reevaluate what is the world around you? What are the needs of the world around you? And how do you contribute? And realize that you can't do anything without the local church. The other thing, I think, is we can cultivate our affections for community. We can We can build habits that will light that fire of love mm-hmm. for people and for service. And I think just some basic, basic key things, like we've been in this process of starting a new church over the last three years, and it's been really interesting to see, like the most beautiful things in the church that you will ever see, love, service, affection, commitment, all those things, they come as a result of boring, old consistency and hard work. Like it's just consistency and hard work and commitment the the beautiful things they it's like you, you know you're mining for a diamond you know 90% of that time you're just digging to boring old rock and then bam you hit diamond and like mundane real church life is what gives rise to the beautiful love and unity that we experience you know so just some common like just basic i think tips or basic practical things um consistency like be consistent Attend church consistently. Attend a fellowship group consistently. Every single week, every single Sunday, don't miss church. Don't, don't, don't let your feelings determine your activity. Be consistent. And just by consistent activity, we start to grow these familiar patterns that cause us to love something we didn't love anymore before, you know? Consistency. I think lots of times I see that in young people who are like, man, I don't have a community. I, I don't But when when I'm like, well, hey, come. Let's let's go together. Let's do this. Oh, no, I don't have time. So it's the opportunities are there. It's just the opportunities are plain. They're simple. Just show up. Show up. Show up. Every time, show up. Open your heart. Talk to people. Love people. Worship God. And you know what? After time, you just see it grows. The other thing is activity. Um, serve God and the community around you together. Get shoulder to shoulder with Christians. Do something together. You know, go pass out tracks. Go serve in your community. Go do something together, side by side, shoulder to shoulder for the kingdom of God. There's something beautiful that just happens. I feel like um, when we as saints are just giving ourselves up together for the needs of of the people around us. So consistency, activity, prayer. It, this is 
<clears throat> Consistency, activity, prayer. Again, one of the most simplest things that God gave us as a church is to pray together, is to speak to him together. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, our father. You know, it's very mm-hmm. interesting. He said, our father, not my father. Um, he taught us to pray together, first of all. And when we pray together to God, when we pray for each other, when we open up our prayer needs, just spend time praying with people and you will just, you will grow together. You will grow in affection for each other. Um, it's going to just shape your desires. Um, pray with other Christians. The other thing is mission. And then here, where I think oftentimes as Christians, we're looking for uh, something big that will kind of nail down, like, what is God's mission for my life? How does God want to use me? And when we, we ask that question, we think, oh, am I going to go overseas and do a mission trip? Am I going to, you know, teach English uh, and in a Christian uh, mission camp or whatever? Like, when we think of God's mission for us, we think of me as an individual. But the problem is, I think that that's one of the core assumptions of the New Testament is that we serve God as a unit, as a family, a spiritual family. And you have to tie yourself, you have to tie your mission to your church. So when you're asking, how does God want to use me? You first look at your own local church and say, how does God want to use me through the context of my church? How can I uh, most powerfully share my gifts with people around me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Tie your sense of mission to your church. Don't get into the habit of doing things on your own. And the other thing I think, the other last one is cultivate relationships. I think cultivating deep relationships is almost a lost art today. We are all so active. We are all so surrounded by people. We forget what it means to have true friendship. You know, we forget what it means to to have relationships where we could just be real and, and we can uh, open our hearts to people. And And there's a few people in your life that you can only do that with. But do it. Do it in your church. Cultivate deep relationships in your church. Be a person who knows how to build relationships. There's a lot of people who, like who could be very active in the church, very organizing, doing stuff, but they're so busy, they never stop and actually share what's on their heart. Yeah, know? deep relationships, that's, that is a, the biggest outcome of being in the community. The right. best outcome, I think, right. having the deep relationship with someone, and it's definitely built through work right it's built through doing something even aristotle talks about it Mm. and his uh, i read a book back when i was uh, at school talk he talked about different uh, tiers of friendships Mm. based on utility then based on uh, love Mm -hmm. and then he said that the best relationship is based when you're doing something for good Mm -hmm. with someone Mm -hmm. when you're doing it together and both of you are not gaining anything from it, but you're both doing this work, mm-hmm. that's when the deep relationship can be cultivated. That's right. the definition of the church. Right. Right? It's amazing. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so like as we're closing up, I would just say I want to challenge you to ask, ask you what binds you to your church. What binds you to other Christians? Is it really Christ? Is it really the gospel? Because if it is, it's going to start to, it's like, a, it's like a screw that's being screwed into a piece of wood. It just goes deeper and deeper. If you turn it, it goes deeper and deeper. Um, if the gospel binds you to people, 
if you are sharing your spiritual journeys together, if you're like pilgrims walking on that journey side by side, it will start to drill down into your souls. It will start to anchor you. But if it's something else that binds you to your church, you're never going to experience true community. And stop trying to talk about community as something that you want to consume. Talk about community as something that you want to build. And then you will start to, then you will realize that you are consuming it as you're building it. Yep, absolutely. Before we finish, quick question for you. And I think this is something that has crossed either someone we know or maybe our minds. How do we how do we deal with online communities when somebody talks about that I am the church in the physical sense, me, my body, mm-hmm. but I can be a part of a Christian community online pretty much. I will listen to sermons online. I will pray by myself. I will see a Bible verse somewhere on Facebook mm-hmm. somebody posted, but I do not need a physical church, a physical community yeah. to live. I am in no way against social media. I think it's a very important field of influence for the church. We need to be sharing our thoughts, sharing good, challenging thoughts, thinking out loud, sharing truth on social media. That is very true. We, I'm not in advocating for people to pull out, but I think one of the biggest problems with the church today is that we are so often doing the quote unquote the Lord's work online and arguing for the truth online and talking about difficult ideas online and not with people next to us. You know, like just stop. I mean, it's not real. It's not real. I mean, it's not real in the sense that you can bash on whoever you want to bash online and the moment you click your computer off, they're gone. You can't do that in real life. When you say something hard to somebody, you have to face them again next week or the next day or whatever. It's just, it's not real. Our sense of community comes from being bound to real people. And with that is a physical experience of being together and carrying one another's burdens and loving each other and supporting each other. And I think it starts with the local church. So... If you are, if you have a thriving life with real Christians where you talk about truth, you wrestle through hard questions, you pray together, by all means, think out loud and challenge people online. But too many people are online arguing for the truth when they should just stop and go talk to real people about it. Yeah, I think that answers that question. For yeah. Me. Thank yeah. you. Um, what's our recommends? What are, you, what are you recommending today? Yeah, before this, we close out. Ooh, this is a good one. <clears throat> if my older sister heard me, she'd be very proud. Uh, open your Safari, uh, Firefox, or Google, Google Chrome, Chrome, and type in 16personalities.com. Oh, jeez. Amazing. It's a, a hundred questions, very easy questions, and it spits out what personality you are. It's really neat. I'm not saying it's the Bible. No, it's but probably it's, not the Bible. it's really cool to see how it puts into perspective your likes, your dislikes, what you enjoy in the in the concept setting of what kind of work you like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of person you are, what, what kind of relationships you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the whole idea of are you introvert, extrovert? It's really good at identifying some of the key uh, aspects of our humanity and helps you grasp of kind of what are your tendencies. And understanding that helps you make better choices. Interesting. It's just interesting to really look at yourself. Yeah, cool. My recommend this week is uh, a book called Openness Unhindered by Rosaria Champagne Butterfield. 
really cool book. It's about this idea of community, of, of learning to open our hearts, open our houses, open our homes, open our lives to people around us. Um, check that book out if you want to think more about community. And uh, that is a wrap for this week. Thank you guys for listening. If you find any of this helpful, please leave us a review on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can find us also on well-said.org, sign up for email updates, see us on Facebook at Well Said Words. That's the page, at Well Said Words. And we're also on Instagram. I don't think we ever mentioned it. Um, I think it's The Well Said. Lots of cool, like, photos and thoughts and, and quotes and stuff. So we will see you guys next week. Bye.